You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and listeners. The countdown is well and truly on because Maryland Five Star is on the horizon. It is finally here and we are mere days out from the start of the event now. And so we are going to look forward to what might be in store this year. We have got a very, very special guest. Not going to lie, there's a few other things that I'm going to talk to her about as well. Uh, But she's had two brilliant Maryland Five Stars under her belt already. She was fourth in the inaugural year in 2021. She was fifth last year. Jenny Brannigan. Welcome back to the show. Hi, it's a pleasure to be back. I feel like I think I talked to you maybe after Maryland last year. I haven't been back in a while. I know. It is lovely to have you back on the show. Um, First of all, set the scene for us because we're talking actually probably just under two weeks from the event starting. Obviously, the show's not going to go out for another few days, listeners. But actually, busy, busy times for you at the moment. Yes, absolutely. I'm sitting in my car. I just uh, trotted up actually the horse going to Maryland Five Star Toilets of Sleem that the gardeners own. Um, and now I'm sitting in my car doing this and then I'm going to ride quick and teach and head to the head to the train station to take me to the airport to then go to Buccalo. <laughs> and so you'll be away in the Netherlands uh, for the week before Maryland, back for Maryland and sort of all systems go. You've got a number of horses that we're going to talk about. But first of all, let's let's rewind the clock a couple of years because actually your two best five-star placings fourth and fifth have come at Maryland you were fourth in 2021 with the lovely little Stella Artois take us back to that five-star for you and I guess first of all the impression of this long-awaited brand new five-star on the U.S. circuit and what it was like actually all of that coming to fruition um yeah it's funny to to take me back to that time because that year luckily this year we have like a week before, like two weeks between Buccalo and Maryland. But at, at that year, we went straight from Buccalo to Maryland. And I was riding FE Lifestyle at Buccalo and then went to Maryland on Stella Artois. And that Buccalo is when I feel like things really changed for me. Um, and and met Maryland where I kind of put some bad stuff behind me and just moved on. And I felt mentally like such a stronger competitor after those two. But it was pretty stressful, like, you know, drawing yourself stuff out at Buccalo and like knowing okay I got to bring all this stuff with me because Maryland's like you know right away and you land and I'm you're groggy and whatnot luckily I was smart and only rode Stella there I didn't try to ride 15 young horses like I'm you know gonna do now <laughs> but um it was just really really special because Maryland I mean Air Hill is my I used to gallop there for like eight years I spent mornings there and I did my first uh race ever there and it's just a cool place what was it that changed for you? Because you had a great top 15 finish at Buccalo that year with F.E. Lifestyle, who now fully inducted into the five-star club himself as well. Um, and then you went on and, and had a fourth place at Maryland. What was it that you actually, looking back, you kind of think was the turning point? Yeah, I um, Eric Duvander like, put me as the anchor of the team that year and the first rider had fallen. And so I needed to go clear for us to stay in silver medal position. And I did. And that was really cool. Eric's like, all right, let's keep this momentum. Let's, you know, let's go through 
you know, get through Maryland and do the same thing again. And I knew at Bucalo that I wasn't going to be competitive individually, but there I would be a good teammate for that event, which was great. And then Maryland came and um, it just, you know, I came through the finish and Eric's like, all right, this is the rider you are now. Like, this is the rider you've always been. Is this rider like the other riders gone? And I've just tried to really keep that mentality about me. And it's just made a massive difference. I think I got sent to Europe to do my first three and four star. And, you know, I think that had some like old mental scars from that, that I'm finally over. And um, I think that probably sent me back a few quite a few years (laughs) but um with eric's help now um i feel like i'm on a really good track where i don't take things that you know ride just like i am at home not get too wound up about anything and it's starting to really come through and also time i mean i think we all have to i was young and won way too much and thought i knew everything and i didn't and you know i just think time you grow up and you realize what the sport's about and how tough you have to be and it trains you the sport trains you on its own (laughs) that's a that's a very very good way of putting it actually and I love that kind of insight into it because actually there's so many tough days in the sport and you you need the tough days to get better um if you're I think it was Yasmin Ingham actually who said on a an eventing podcast recently if you're not winning you're learning and actually that is so true that you kind of have to take all of the things that you can kind of improve and pick up on and and just drive them forward. But it's a really, really tough old road. And I, I suppose once you've had that feeling and a taste of that feeling, that does feel like the corner. Um, and actually you kind of get an insight into what, what it feels like is to take the next step um, and then the step after that and get better and better and better. That fourth place finish, a double clear. You just mentioned that coming through the finish flags, you were four seconds over the time. That moment, actually, five star, four seconds over the time on a horse that means so, so much to you. What did that actually mean? Because obviously you went out the next day, you delivered in the show jumping as well. You jumped another super clear around the show jumping. Show jumping is my favorite. (laughs) Was it? What was it about it? Um, I think Stella's so strong for me and like I watched that round back and I'm like oh my gosh she was just it was so much work to get her around because she was just so she's a big long horse and she was kind of running off with me Um, and uh, I just remember hugging Tyler she had fallen in the water at Kentucky like it was the last water I think and she fell just on landing in the water and then I went to a pool and completely missed in the arena and just and I was felt so bad. I, you know, I was really down on myself and I was like, you know, this horse should go to Boyd or someone that can ride it. And, and Tyler, my old groom, like really loved her. And so I remember hugging her and like being emotional at the time and being like, you know, this is like all you, like, thank you so much for, you know, keeping and staying, believing in, in me. And I have pictures from that moment too. So, and I bought her some before she left. So when we're still in touch and she still goes to gray stella all the time so it was that was really special and then obviously show jumping is my favorite i think both of my two of my favorite show jumping rounds have been in maryland like um that round with stella and then with Effie lifestyle last year and um yeah i was obviously very emotional on stella i think i was so exhausted on Effie lifestyle i was (laughs) tired but and i think a year later i'm like okay uh like finding it all um a bit more you know, not so emotional, you know. So yeah, that was really special. Really, really special. Not to be, I'm biased, but I think she had the show, show drumming round of the day that day. I mean, she was really beautiful. So 
I think I remember you have some rounds, don't you, where you think, oh, I got away with a couple of rubs there. And then other times you just think that was as brilliant as, as I it felt. Um, I think I remember your celebrations, actually, with Stella Artois when you jumped that clear round, because you have the tough days and you have the hard days. And actually, when it does all come together, that sort of outpouring of it's almost relief, isn't it? It's obviously celebration, but relief that it has all come together as, as well. Absolutely. And I know, I mean, I thought that track that year was actually harder than last year. Um, yeah, it was just emotional. It felt emotional. And I felt like after I did that, I was like, all right, I'm good now. And I've been far less emotional. at all So um, I think it was really special. And then I love Boyd winning, obviously, like he's, I'm actually wearing it on Q hat right now, actually, which is okay. <laughs> um, but I was so happy when Boyd won, you know, I mean, I was up there watching with Steph and I was like grabbing onto her, you know, and, you know, it's just that that's someone I worked with and have had lessons, but we from, but we worked for Philip together. So that was really special. So it was just a really cool time. Do you feel like it was a bit of a turning point for US eventing looking back? Because it had been a, a sort of a fairly tough period and sort of coming out the other side of it, but it was a first five-star win. You obviously had a, a great top five result as well. That actually from a kind of collective point of view, it was very much all systems go in the right direction at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I think the silver medal was won in Aachen maybe that year. And then we obviously came from Bukalo and had done well. And I think, you know, it's cool when you look at the FEI results, like Eric's riders, you know, obviously we've kept him on, like for a lot of us privately, um, have done really well. And so it was really rewarding to all be in Bukalo together and then going to, to Maryland and have, you know, us be the both in the top five was really special and I think Eric's work just started to really show um and I know you know there's other writers like Will Coleman that are just fantastic and are doing well too so I think it's been a huge it was a huge deal at the time absolutely absolutely but I think that all of this was coming for a lot of years of work before that that people don't see you know yeah, absolutely. It takes a long time to get these horses up to that to that level as well, and and to get a real well, string is, is huge. And the riders, yeah, very very true. Maryland this year, uh, you have got a very 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 busy week. Talk us through actually what is in store for you because you've not just got one five star ride to concentrate on. No, I am. So I'm riding Twilight Sleem that the gardeners the gardeners own and bred. And he's a little thoroughbred, and he actually never made it out of the shed row on the other side of the road at the racetrack because he was so naughty. But um, <laughs> I also have Pascal, who's owned by an amazing group of people, um, Brittany Rhodes, Alexa Lapp, the gardeners, and Brian Murray. And we're really excited. He's doing the three-star there, and he just won Rebecca Farm so um, and just went really well at Plantation. So super excited about him. Um, Alexa actually did the three-star on him last year. She was my working student for a very long time and then assistant. Um, so he's pretty neat. He's only eight years old. So we're really excited about him, hoping to be a bit competitive on him. And then I have a five-year-old, which is the final homebred of the gardeners, named Grand Finale. And he's lovely. He's out of a mare I rode advanced and, and competed at Fairhill, at Fairhill on. Um, so we're really excited about him. And then I'm also riding one for Shannon Baker and the five-year-old that I rode last year and the four-year-old. And it's a young Irish horse, an HSH horse that I really believe in. Um, so that's exciting. And then for the four-year-olds, I have a horse named Blacklist, who's actually out of Pasco's full sister. And that is a lovely horse that I sold to my friend, Allie Knowles. And he's only, obviously he's only four. And 
I was really sad to sell him, but happy he went to her and haggard an event in Kentucky's on that same weekend. So I get the call up for the catch ride. So I'm really excited. So you're going to have five rides across the week. How different is that to at a five star compared to, say, Burley when you came over to Burley a few weeks ago and just had the one horse to concentrate on? Is it a is it a good thing to have um, lots of other things going on? Is it more of a logistical challenge? What's it like? I will say I rode. I did. I caught road last year for the Street News as well and rode that horse for Shannon Baker. Um, and it had one as mine. So it was a little similar situation, but I didn't have one in the three star. And uh, it, it was exhausting. Like you could tell by the end of my show jumping around at, at Maryland last year, it was such a stark contrast to to me the year before. I like took my feet of the irons and was just like, oh, I'm just glad it's over. So um, I have a feeling that this year we'll have probably a little bit of a similar feeling. I think it's I think it's harder. I mean, I've, I don't know, you know, when you have a horse like Effie Lifestyle and he didn't ship over well, we had a lot of stuff we were dealing with to have him through that event to, at Burley. So, um, but I do think when you can really focus on one horse, it's great for the dressage, but I feel like for the jumping, for me, I love getting out there in the morning and, mm-hmm. and running. Like I would love to have a three-star horse at Maryland. It's the first year I'm going to have one. So you're walking the course and the cross country is going and you kind of just wish you had a ride to spin around and, you know, calm your nerves. And um, I'm I'm happy to have that this year. So I think there's pros and cons. It is exhausting though. And I said last year, don't ever let me do this again. And then this year I'm like, oh, <laughs> of course, like, I, well, I really want to ride Blacklist and the Callan horse. So, you know, and obviously the one I have myself. So I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think they had a shot to win. No. So. No, absolutely. And and it does add to kind of keeping the mind busy, which is actually can be a really, really good thing. And you doesn't sort of wander off and think, oh, I'll just go and work in one more time or do this one more time. Um, You're right. There is a bit of uh, that can definitely play into it. How is it having, you know, big event all the way up to the five star, but actually being able to kind of showcase the progression of levels coming up as well? Because anybody that comes to visit Maryland this year are going to be able to see the young horses doing their thing. And then, you know, the three star, which is sort of, you know, well into their career, but not at the top level yet. The sort of future stars that we hope to see back at, at Maryland in a few years time. And then, of course, the top level as well. Do you think it's important for the sport, actually, and that it's a really good opportunity at Maryland to be able to showcase all the different levels of the spectrum? I I do think it's great. And I think it's good for the horse's progression. Like Twilight Sus Gleam was reserve champion in the four-year-olds his first year and then um, was in the top 10 the next year in the five-year-olds and actually got the grant to go to Leon, but I, I didn't end up using it. And then Pascal also did the five-year-olds with Alexa. So um, the both that I'm riding in the three and five-star have gone through that program. And I think it's not for every horse. And I've tried to not get too caught up in the four-year-olds going. I I would only take a certain type of four-year-old to it. You know, I have a four-year-old that I imported from Germany that's qualified that I'm not riding because I think it's too much for him. I think it's a really great thing. And it's great to get the horses out and, you know, be in that atmosphere. You are completely right. It's being able to pick which horses are mentally capable for it. Some kind of develop earlier than others and that sort of thing. Talk to me a little bit about Twilight's Last Gleam, because he's a horse that you've produced all the way up through the levels yourself. He's won at the four-star long level. Um, He's got two top 20s at five-star under his belt, including a great clear round inside the time here at Maryland last year. What are your hopes and expectations coming in now for your second Maryland with him and his third five star yeah I know as a first that last year it seems like such a long time ago um, I think there was always a question of 
is he scopy enough to do it? Um, and riding Effie Lifestyle last and, and Twelve Swing first was a little bit unnerving, but the horses really stepped up to the plate and then he jumped around Kentucky this year. Unfortunately, he had a pin, but I think we've got a good plan for him and I think he's in a good spot and, you know, he's not a huge mover. We I'm very realistic about what he is. I think like, I love him because he's a thoroughbred and he tries so hard every day. It's not the dressage and the show jumping aren't the easiest for him, but he's been back on wood quite a good cross-country horse. So I would hope to, you know, have a similar cross-country result, result, maybe improve upon the dressage a point or two. And definitely the show jumping, that was my fault. I gave him a smack on the shoulder and I should have done that because he just kind of ran through the next three jumps, but he was jumping a clear round. So I'd hope that he, we could do a bit better in the show jumping um, as well. Fingers crossed for that. What would you love to see from Ian Stark's cross-country track this year? I'd love to see the time be tighter. Um, I'd also love to see, you know, the jumps kind of up to size. And I think now he's comfortable with the, we all are talking about it, that it's going to be really hard, but I haven't heard that out of his mouth. <laughs> um, and I rode Ian's courses this, this summer at Rebecca Farm and the Maryland uh, three and four. So they have this a short. So I think we're all hoping for a big tough track. You know, there's a lot of Europeans coming over. Um, Tim's super excited about that. He's on all three boards for, Maryland and Tim and Nina, they're, they're the owners of Twilight Susqueam and they own part of Pascal. So I think, you know, we're all hoping it's going to be a big, proper, tough track. And, you know, obviously I'm hoping that being on a thoroughbred. You can utilize that speed. I have to admit, from what I've heard, um, obviously the, the going at Maryland is just absolutely incredible. So it tends to be quite fast ground. But from what I have heard, there are going to be some more sort of time-consuming questions, um, I think, early on and late on that will make the time more influential. So I, I can't see it not being influential this year because we've had a couple of easier years. I think it's going to be a tough old tough old track. Watch this space. Uh, half of the half the excitement for me is in the hype up of what we might see um, and that sort of moment to when it's unveiled to the riders and everybody kind of gets their first opportunity to take a look. Um 20 minutes down the road so I'm you know trying to you know you could obviously drive over there and have a cheeky have you you done that that. no No. okay I never do that I never do that I don't I don't believe in that personally but um I know there's a few people that sort of might go for a strategic hack near badminton and have a little look or maybe they're out there around the winter having a little look as to what things have been changing um but sometimes that can be a bad thing Yeah, I, I definitely feel like, you know, that is a thing and it would be easy to go do. But um, also, I'm running myself in the ground. I'm too too busy. <laughs> too much to do. But I'd like to try to just have the confidence in my horses that they're prepared properly and not think about that. Can I ask you if we just reflect actually on Burley? Because Effie Lifestyle was the horse that you brought over to Burley a few weeks ago, back at the beginning of September. Am I right in saying that was your first British five star? That's true. I've I went to England to Bramham to do the under twenty five when I was twenty one, and I haven't been back to England to compete since until now. What I've been was it to, like? I've been to Bukalo like for a lot of times. <laughs> oh, I'm addicted to Burley. I want to go back. <laughs> um, I think that Effie Lifestyle liked the, the dressage arena being grass. Um, I think the cross country is amazing. Obviously, the quality of the ground is quite good. Um, and obviously, I'd like to go back and fly Foxy over earlier um, so that he's actually at 100% at the event because he was at about 60 at that event. So I get, he has a lot of heart to have done what, he's, what he did around it. 
luckily he pulled up great, scanned well, and is out in the field. Enjoying a holiday. Um, Bookalo this week for you as well. You, you've kind of mentioned about the fact that actually Bookalo feels like it's been a bit of a turning point for you. But it was your first Nations Cup venue as well. Is that right? Yes, I still wear my vest from that Bookalo and it looks horrendous. I keep trying to dye it. <laughs> it's like my lucky vest. I took him Balda there and um, Philip Dutton was on the team, Clark Montgomery, as well as um, Jonathan Halling. And it was my first Nations Cup and I was just kind of, you know, a bit in awe of everything. It, but it was also grass then. The, the event is so much different now. And it's funny because Philip hasn't been back since. And now we're on the team again together this year. So that's pretty special. He's taking Denham, um, who's a, a really, really cool horse, actually, that a lot of European listeners might be familiar with, um, but ha- had a great results at Le Leon d'Angers last year. Um, you are riding Connery. Tell us a little bit about him. Effie Connery is a really, he's an interesting horse. He um, he won a four-star short this spring, and then I went to Rebecca Farm, and he slipped on a turn and just fell down on a turn, so I didn't get to finish the long. So gave him a bit of a break anyways and brought him back, and he's a stellar horse. He's a great type for me. He's a beautiful mover. He can get a bit tight in the neck. Um, but Eric's been helping me this past week. And then we went to plantation and he delivered his best dressage and was actually winning going into cross country, but we didn't run because of how the rain. So I think it, he's a bit of a, um, he's a beautiful type and he had a beautiful three-star record and I kept him there for a long time. And we've just had, you know, things have gotten, there's been a couple random things that have happened. He's only been going advanced a year. He did his first advance a year ago so I'm a little nervous to take him to Bugalo to be honest I think that's going to be um, a lot to ask of him but I do think that he's in a great place and I'm in a good place knowing it so well and I'm flying over early like as soon as he hits the ground I'm going to be be there and um, I think it's great to have one horse I'll be able to really spend some quality time with him and I think he deserves it I think he's a real star for me for the future. If we were to talk in say what three three four weeks time um, Bukalo, Maryland, all done and dusted. What would you like the story to have been? I think I'd like, I would help Pascal had a really good go in the three star and was quite competitive. And I would like for Twilight Sesclaim to have improved upon past performances and me with him. Um, and Effie Connery, I mean, I think he's capable of being, I think I'm not going to put too much pressure on it. I think he's kind of in a similar place. He hadn't done as much as Foxy had done when I took him to Bucolo. So I think I would like to be a good team member. And, you know, I think he's capable of doing a high 20s dressage. He is capable of running clear and fast and he can do a clear show jump round. So to be honest, I don't really think too much like that. I just try to survive one thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs> one step at a time. To be fair, it all sounded very easy when you were like, yep, yeah, 20s dressage, we can go clear yeah, and fast, clear, clear jumping. It's much, much harder than that. I would say it's a really, so really no exciting. Be like, I want a 35 on the flat and to have three down. I don't think anyone. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, <laughs> I've done but it's that interesting. Too. <laughs> it's interesting because it, it's so everybody has their own goals, don't they? And, and it's very easy to say, I want to go and win or I want to go and. Um, finish sub 25 or sub 35 or whatever it might be but everybody's goals are different and I think you know some people go for qualification purposes other people go for experience other people go to win and I would say that the US team that is going there is such a cool kind of mix of experienced riders uh, some younger riders Cassie Stang is going with Fernhill Zorro who had that great debut on the Nations Cup team actually in Strigom a little bit earlier on this year 
And then both James Alliston and Philip Dutton have really, really smart young horses in Karma and Denham, who's only an eight-year-old stepping up. So it's a really kind of exciting team as to horses for the future and riders for the future for the US venting team as well. So look, lots to look forward to. Um, it is a really, really busy few weeks for you, Jenny. Wishing you the very, very best of luck. And thank you very much for fitting us into your day uh, pre your Bookalo travels and kind of catching us up on all things Brannigan over the last few weeks. Thank you so much for having me. Fingers crossed for everyone competing at those events. We will be wishing you the very, very best. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this insight into Jenny's and Marilyn plans. And of course, looking back on some of those big moments as well. We'll be back very soon with more on the USCA official podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.